This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and today is our 100th episode of Finding Your Bliss. I can't believe it that as of today, we've done 100 episodes of this program. Wow. So congratulations to everyone on the Finding Your Bliss team and to everyone here at Zoomer and, of course, to all of you for listening. I realized when we hit this number that out of all the episodes we've done this far, we have never done an episode on one of the greatest blisses of all, and that is food. And delicious food at that, made by chef and founder of the delicious dish cooking school, Carolyn Tanner Cohn. Also on the program, we have uber-talented 17-year-old singer-songwriter Ethan Young, who won CTV's hit TV show, The Launch, along with some of his gorgeous music. All of this coming up, but first, let me introduce you to our first guest. So Carolyn has owned and operated one of the leading culinary schools in Canada, Delicious Dish Cooking School, since 2002. Delicious Dish is a boutique cooking school which specializes in whole food home cooking, meal planning, recipe developing, and healthy eating. Carolyn is an expert in recipe development, menu planning, meal prep, kitchen organization, and setup. And really, Carolyn's true passion is in helping to build brands, presenting to intimate groups, and to huge auditoriums full of people wanting to learn how to cook, whether they're new to the kitchen, seasoned in the kitchen, need an upgrade and new ideas, and want to expand on their techniques, taking the best ingredients from the fridge and pantry, to the table as efficiently as possible. Carolyn's original recipes are foolproof, user-friendly, and winners every time. Carolyn also has extensive experience with home cooks who want to improve the health of themselves or their families, and she can really speak to and accommodate everything from allergies and tolerances, special needs. She is available for recipe and menu development, and she'll teach anyone from individuals to larger groups how to make their food delicious healthy and full of variety, which we all need, especially after this long pandemic. Carolyn is also an occupational therapist by training who left her practice to pursue her passion, which is what this show is all about. And of course, that is cooking. And she now works as a chef, consultant and speaker. Because of her training, the bridge between health, science and food came very naturally to her. She has been in the food business for over 20 years, menu planning, recipe developing, and teaching, and she takes great pride in planning both simple, everyday meals and more elaborate menus, which I've seen her do for people, and I I know that her food is fabulous. Carolyn, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you so much, Judy. <laughs> what an intro, eh? You, did you realize you've done, you done so much oh, in the last 20 years? <laughs> actually, I was going to ask you if I could bottle that and, and send that away. That is the greatest intro ever. <laughs> I'm Car- so proud of myself. <laughs> you, sh- you really should be. It's terrific what you, you've accomplished and what you're doing. And I love your Instagram stories. And for our listeners, um, Carolyn's Instagram is at 
delicious dish cooking. And I love these stories about your food and how you show each of the recipes and everything looks so mouthwatering and delicious. Can you tell us how you have reimagined your business during the last year and a half of the pandemic and really moved your whole cooking school online, as it were? And how has that been to become virtual? Okay, sure. Well, you know, it's interesting you're asking me this today because I was actually thinking about it yesterday. So I feel like we've been in autopilot for the last 18 months or 15 months or whatever it's been. I don't even know. But I haven't really sat down and thought about like how this happened. <laughs> so, and I think it has, it happens because of my need to share. Okay. And I'm not being like, oh, I need to share things. I actually need to speak to people and I need to tell people I'm doing this and this is what you should do. And, and I want to give you recipes and I need to share. So what happened was, is pre pandemic, I was running uh, my cooking school and my studio kitchen in my home, which I've been doing for the last 20 odd years. And as soon as everything closed down, like, as we know, it was immediate, right? So my spring season, which I was about to embark on was done. Like I had lost all my business, all potential income. It was like, oh my God. I mean, like everybody has, like, especially in the restaurant industry and the food industry and the event industry. So, but at the same time, we were all stuck at home making dinner, including myself. So one night I was making, you know, I don't know, bolognese or something. <laughs> and and I, I don't know what I was doing. And my kids were around and one of them said to me, why don't you just like do an Instagram live? So, which I have done many before. And I was like, okay. So I put myself on live and I taught everybody how to make whatever I was making that dinner. And then I did the same thing the next night and the next night. Then I realized, you know what? People want to cook with me. So I started sending out on Instagram free, uh, the grocery list and the menu for the weeks coming like a week coming and join me at five o'clock and we'll make dinner together. And I sort of started this like make dinner together plan every night. So not only did people have sort of something to do at five to six o'clock plus a dinner at the end of it, but they had a meal plan ahead of time. So they knew that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, this was going to be the menu. And all they needed to do is gather the ingredients and the kids were joined in. Everybody learned how to cook or everybody learned how to cook my way. And, um, and we made dinner together every night during the pandemic. And then, you know, maybe sometimes on a Sunday, I would do something a little bit more involved. Like we did like a babka class and a challah class. And, um, or I did like a pie making class, something more in depth. Uh, but for the most part, it be it was a make dinner together and it lasted about a month or so or six weeks until I got my website um, available for e-commerce and all of that and um, and then my whole website changed I had a new web developer and then I had a schedule on my website and if you went on a particular class in the month um, you'd be able to click uh, grocery list and um, and get it ahead of time and know if you want to take the class, click here, pay here. And then the, the cooking school ran virtually until today. And it's continuing. Isn't that terrific? And wow, that's a fantastic yeah. story. And boy, talk about pivoting and reimagining. Like you really, yeah. you really did it in full. Um, it's interesting because we were talking about how in the olden days, you used to eat at home every night and you would yeah. go to a restaurant for a special occasion. But in the last, let's say 20 years, it's been the opposite. We've gone to restaurants all the time and you eat at home very rarely, right? And the pendulum has swung back now. And I think that people are eating at home and only going to a restaurant for a special occasion. 
I think so too. And I think that, you know, people are starving for restaurants right now. And I think it'll go back to people eating in restaurants and getting very, very busy again. But I think what's going to happen is that people have gained a lot of confidence for cooking at home. And that now it'll be sort of more of a hybrid. And I, I think that that's where the food trends seem to be leaning or pointing anyway. That's so fantastic. Well, you give people a lot of confidence. First of all, Laurel is a friend of mine, and I know you know Laurel because she's actually on this show. She's always saying, this is a Carolyn Cohn recipe. This is a Carolyn Cohn recipe on her Instagram. So it's, it's, it's very cute. Um, I always say food is love. And I think food is also bliss, especially in the last year where we couldn't have, if you think about it, we couldn't have theater. We couldn't have a movie, sporting events, travel or restaurants. So people really need help with cooking. Have you noticed a huge resurgence in home cooking? And has, has that made better cooks out of average cooks and fabulous cooks out of good cooks? I think so. I mean, what people are telling me now, especially now that restaurants are opened again, that they really enjoyed the intimacy of having, you know, two or four people for dinner at home in a dinner party when you're lingering over a long dinner. Like my favorite thing is to have people over or family over. I'm not talking like a party of 25. I'm talking like a smallish dinner party where you're dipping and you're tasting and you're, you know, poking and you're, you know, <laughs> off of the large food board and everybody is talking about the food and how it's making them feel. And so I think that food has, or dinner parties in general have this romanticness about them, whether it's you and your friends sitting around or your family. I mean, when do you really talk to your spouse or your partner or your kids other than the dinner table? Right. Absolutely. And, and when we're passing ships in the night, whatever that expression is, yes. you know, you don't speak to each other and sitting down for a meal should be mandatory. And even if you say to your family, like, I want to do this like three days a week that we sit down for dinner and maybe you help cook together. So that brings it or you help clean together yes. or, you know, or you make something different or one person chooses what we're going to make or it's a themed dinner or something like that. It's really nice. so great. Mm -hmm. You know, Carolyn, we used to have Friday night dinners of at least 25 people almost every week. Right. And during the pandemic, my kids came to me individually and said, mom, when this is all over, which we're so happy it is almost over. Can we just keep this new trend of only sp only having six people at, yeah. at, at the Friday night dinner table, not the 25? Yes, for yeah. a special occasion, to be sure. But can we just have the intimacy, exactly the word that you said, of just the six of us for a Friday night dinner? Yeah. It's fascinating. I, I agree. I mean, Judy, I'm, at, I'm up at the cottage right now and we're down to like, you know, six, eight people instead of like the 25 that I always had, like every other night or go to someone else. And we all said last night, it's just so nice. And it's so much easier having an intimate party and the cleanup and the stress True. and people don't want to entertain because it is stressful and to get the food out on time and all of that. And six people is really manageable. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought up stress because we went to a dinner party with some couple friends of ours who really in the pandemic, we didn't see as much. We saw them on Zoom. We saw them outside, but we had a beautiful dinner party at one of their homes. It really was magnificent. And we remarked on how the hostess is very calm yeah. and she just is relaxed. And it just made it really was probably one of the most special evenings and one that we appreciated more than we ever had before because yeah. of what we've all been through. And 
And the other two women, we were saying that we wish we could be that relaxed. I take it you're a very relaxed entertainer. Any tips for how to enjoy your own dinner party when you're doing all the cooking and the cleanup and the everything? Yes. Okay. So first of all, you need to know that I am not a relaxed person. Okay. So, you know, there's people who are really chill and relaxed. That is not me. Okay. I'm stressed. I'm type AAA. <laughs> Everything has to be this way or that way. I am not relaxed. Okay. That is definitely not a word that's been used to describe me. However, when I am hosting a dinner party, I am very relaxed. So the being in the, in the food milieu is quite Zen for me. So how do you be relaxed? You plan your menu you make sure that 90% of your menu can be made ahead. Yes. Okay. And put on the platter with a piece of saran or parchment paper or whatever on top of it and put on the table. In other words, you need to sit and that's it. And then maybe you need to put one or make one or two things hot. So let's say, let's say it's summer and you're barbecuing. Okay, fine. You could barbecue while your guests are there. And that is the only thing you need to do while the guests are there. Right. Maybe boil a bag of pasta if that's what you're doing, but the pasta sauce is ready. So everything is completely ready, sitting, not ready in containers, but ready sitting on the platter, sitting on the table. So make sure that you menu plan properly. Entertaining well is, is a, a gift for the organized Mm-hmm. Okay. That's so true. Yeah. So you need to make sure that your menu is the ideal menu that you could do everything ahead of time and is sitting on the platters by 5 p.m. or 6 p.m., whatever it might be for you, including appetizers. And you need to do one or two things while everybody's there for cocktails. And your cocktail hour can be 60 to 90 minutes. I loved what you said on on another Zoomer show, The Tonic, of which you are a regular on Jamie's show. And uh, naturally, I listened to many of them to prepare for this. And I loved when you said, like, the veggies, the cre- you know, the, the grilled veggies should not be done at the last minute. That, that, you oh. find that, that, that shouldn't happen. They can sit out for five hours before the dinner. They should oh, all yeah. be done. And yeah. you shouldn't be grilling veggies at the last minute. Exactly. Exactly. Even in the summer, I make a lot of pizzas, especially pizzas on the grill. They're finished by five o'clock in the afternoon. They're put on a tinfoil lined cookie sheet to cool down and then reheat. And why I say tinfoils, because who wants to clean the, t- the cookie sheet at the end of the night? Just take the tinfoil off and throw it in the garbage. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. so funny. You just, you just uh, answered my next question. I loved when I saw you making a pizza on an outdoor barbecue with kale and Reggiano and mozzarella cheese and a drizzle of honey on the sides of the, uh, of the pizza on the circumference. And I was watching Claire closely. And I was wondering, is this a popular thing? And can you give us a little bit of this recipe on the air? It's actually on Carolyn's Instagram, which we're going to tell you again at the end of the show. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I actually just put it into the uh, highlights too. Okay. So I make pizzas on the grill all the time. Okay. It's my favorite summer appetizer. I buy a raw pizza dough. So it comes like in a ball. You let it defrost if it's frozen. And if it's uh, in the fridge, you leave it at room temp for a good two hours. Mm. Okay. And then you break the pizza dough in half if it's too big. You lightly sort of stretch it out using your fists and you flour, flour, flour to leave it sort of if you have two stacked up on the cookie sheet and then you heat up your grill, your barbecue. And I use a cast iron griddle, like a flat top lodge cast iron 
grill sheet. Like it looks like something you'd make pancakes on. The opposite side has the ridges. So not that side. And I put it directly on my barbecue and I let it heat up for a good 20 to 30 minutes, piping hot. And Mm. then you sprinkle that with a little flour. You drop your dough right onto the griddle and then you start loading up your toppings. So the toppings of that one was I brushed the dough with olive oil, with a little spatula, a little paintbrush, whatever, silicone. And then I put uh, red sauce and andouille sausage, which is a fermented Italian sausage Mm. or not, uh, chopped kale, uh, green onions. And I always, my secret ingredient to all my pizzas, by the way, is I drizzle the crust with honey. Yeah. Sometimes I sprinkle (laughs) sesame seeds. Sometimes I don't. So yesterday I made one with goat cheese and spinach, no meat, honey, sesame seeds on. And people always say like, there's a certain sweetness to it that they can't write quite place. And then you finish it all off always with a little Parmigiano Reggiano or Pecorino. And then of course, flaked sea salt always. And the contrast between the honey and the salt is really good. Oh, yum. We're going to we're going to explain how to make this recipe at the end and how to get in touch with Carolyn Cohn at the end of the show. But yummy. That sounds so fantastic. If you go on my um, website under the shop, you could buy the pizza class and it's on there. And just tell us that the the website uh, address is deliciousdish.ca. Awesome. That's so great. During the, thank you for that. During the pandemic, people have moved to healthier eating, but they've also become bored with the same weekly fare. Like in our home, Monday night is always grilled chicken night and Friday is brisket and whatever, some crispy chicken, more chicken. How do we create variety and many more choices in our cooking fare? That's a really interesting question. And it sort of leads me also to discuss a little bit about kids in the kitchen and kids being picky eaters. So first of all, you got to bring the whole family in. I don't know if this is a family show, but you got to bring the whole family in and see what they want to cook and they want to yeah, make. You should be looking online for inspiration just the same way if you're decorating a room, you look online for inspiration. It doesn't mean you need to take the recipes, but it's sort of like it'll guide you to what you're interested in eating. Um, you you need to try new things and not more than one a week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So don't make yourself crazy and be stressed out by trying three new recipes a week. Try one new recipe a week and nice. see how it goes. Yeah, nice. and just be wary about recipes online that you could spend, you know, two hours cooking a new recipe online and it's not very good. Mm-hmm. So just know where you're getting recipes from. A good indication is, is the recipe written in both volume, like cups and tablespoons, plus weights. I always say that if it has weights attached to it, it's usually a very well thought out and well researched recipe. If wow. it doesn't, it's usually not. You also help people with things like kitchen basics, kitchen efficiency and organization. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, for sure. So I'll go into people's kitchens. Like, let's say they're building a new kitchen or they're new, they're newlyweds. I'll go in and organize them for the first time. So like your spices, your pantry, your what you need in your pantry, your containers, how you store your flour and sugar, all of that, where things should be placed ergonomically in the kitchen. I am an occupational therapist. So ergonomics <laughs> are something I was very trained with. So how we you know if you're turning around this way, you're turning around that way, or how high your counter shots, things like this. Wow. As far as, you know, new cooks. Um, I always try to get kids cooking from a young age and cutting with a big knife 
from a very young age. Um, and I teach the university kids before they go to university how to cook. The teens, I did all through the pandemic, I was doing teen cooking classes at 4.30 every Wednesday. I started this program called Teen Cooking Boot Camp that I uh, developed last November. And every week the teens would join in and make dinner for their family. And it was fantastic. Wow! But it wasn't like cupcakes and ice cream. It was real food that the whole family will eat. But That's so fantastic. Would, yeah. I would think mm-hmm. couples also like young newlyweds uh, yeah. would, would benefit from this so much. So it's not just like the woman doing all the cooking, but they could both no. get into it together. That is really, really cool. I love that. Um, Carolyn, you're also a real entrepreneur who moved from occupational therapy to a brand new career based on your passion. Can you tell us what that trajectory was? I know you started teaching people in restaurants about recipes. How did it grow from your kitchen into one of Canada's premier cooking schools? Thank you. Um, So I was practicing occupational therapy for about three or four years in cognitive brain injury. And then I was pregnant with my twins. And um, I went into early labor. This is a bit of a long story. I spent three months in the hospital before I had them. Wow. I think we discussed this earlier on in our in our, <laughs> in our lives. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then um, they were fine. They were great. They were wonderful. And then I got pregnant pretty fast with my third. And I decided I, I better lay low. So then when I had her, I decided, okay, I'm ready to go back to work. It was a few months later, but I'm not ready to be in the hospital from nine to five every single day. And let me find like a little bit of a mommy project. And I hate to say that, but that's really how it started um, before I'm ready to go back to work. So I opened up a little cooking school with somebody I knew at the time who had a completely different business as well. And um, we sent out 50 mailings on snail mail And it was just, it was just geared towards like young moms who needed a little night out. Okay. And we filled up instantly. And then I went on my own a couple of years later after we started. So this is back in 2002, like 2002, 2003, 2004. And then the cooking school became a full-time job and a full and a half-time job. And I was on my own for very long. So I've been on my own doing this for 18 years, let's call it. And, um, and then when my kids all started university, which was a number of years ago, because now they're all graduated university, um, I started doing a lot more stuff. So I started writing recipes for restaurants and I started doing a lot of food photography, selling some photos, writing for different people's websites. Um, and, uh, I started getting into the more of the the creativeness, not just the Mm. teaching. Wow. There is a science between food and health and you have this occupational therapy background How do you use that in your career? Yeah, so I am very science-based so and very rule-based. So first of all, the the recipes are very, um, they're not like a little pinch of this and a little pinch of that. It's just not how I write recipes. I measure and weigh everything. Um, That doesn't mean you don't have creativities once they're they're written and once you're using them, you, you have all the creative license you want, but they're written originally with the right format. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, in terms of science and health, I love what happens to your body when you eat food. Okay. So I do try to write recipes with health in mind. And of course, creativeness in mind too. So I'm not into, you know, foams and froths and that kind of fussy food. Mm-hmm. I am totally into real food that you can make at home. But at the same time, they have a lot of uh, a really good nutrient. Uh, profile. So in other words, like why will I use chia seeds or why will I use apple cider vinegar instead of white vinegar? Just things like that. All the ingredients are very mindful. That's not Mm. to say that I don't use butter and cream if I need to. I do. 
but it's like 10% or 20% of my cooking. And the other 80% is keeping your family healthy without being um, crazy and without omitting anything, fall into any sort of like uh, whole, like I don't uh, keep myself in like vegan or paleo or this. I don't believe in any of that unless you have to for a reason, but I leave in finding a really nice balance of what you're putting in your body. And uh, so you could eat my kind of food every single day of your life. So great. You're so knowledgeable. I sense there's a fabulous cookbook in the works. Oh yes. The cookbook <laughs> that's been in the works for years. I actually wrote at the beginning of the summer that I'm taking a summer off and I'm going to write my book. So I've been teaching almost every day and dinner partying every day after that. So I haven't started, but I have, it's coming, it's coming. I, I have a cool tip. I have a cool tip if it I helps. I need a publisher, by the way, if you have one. Uh, well, that's that's for another discussion, not okay. on the air. But but a cool tip that I have came actually from the supervising producer of this show, Mag Ruffman, which was go away for a week. It happened to be with my children and my husband, but go away and write your book. Like do it in a week. The first draft can be messy. It can be rough. It can be really jangly, but do it. And I just have. And I mean, it's a mess. I have to clean it up. It's, it's it, as we would say in, in Quebec, in salad right now and not the kind that you make, but it's there in, in, in rough form. So a week is a really good thing. The three-day book or the one week, it just gives you that, you know, a goal is a dream with a deadline. Like it just gives you that structure. Yeah, yeah, it's actually a really good idea because I could probably do it in a week. <laughs> be great. That'd be great. You'll have to come back on the show and you have the book. I have to be one of your first, uh, <laughs> your first ones. So, Carolyn, uh, you also do food photography and styling. Can you tell us about this? Do you love it? Do you love doing that? No. No, I don't love doing it. I really don't love doing it. I actually hate it. Um, so I love the food styling in the sense that, uh, you know, I'm making something and I'm going to put it on the plate and I'm, people are coming over and they're going to see it and maybe take an Instagram picture. I like that. Do I like the whole photography end of it? And like, could I see myself becoming a photographer? Absolutely not. I absolutely hate it. And I really am impressed for <laughs> photographers out there. <laughs> do it. So there's, there's a role. You know what you do best. You know what you do. I don't do it best. I hate the camera. It's too technical for me. And the lighting and the, the I hate it. The hate, I hate the whole thing. It's too much. But the end result. And then when my food looks so great in a picture, it's, I love it. And it's not easy to get there. So when you see a beautiful picture in a book or on the internet, it took a day. Yes. So I always say to people when they're trying to hire me for taking a picture, because my pictures are good. Like I end up making them nice, but they're like, yeah, just shoot a picture. I'm like, it takes a day. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. You, you have to really yeah. sh have gratitude and appreciate that yeah. picture the next time you see it. Yes. You're very interested in recipe development and that requires a lot of creativity and imagination. Can you tell us more? Like, how do you develop a recipe? You develop a recipe by having an idea and an end result. Okay. And then you got to break it down. I usually do break it down in my mind, like while I'm having a shower or out for a run. Okay. And I always wish that like somebody would develop a mind to computer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> anyway. And, uh, and then I just get all, gather all my ingredients. I have a scale, I have pen paper, and I just started start playing. And usually I'll make like two or three recipes side by side at the same time. And then we do a taste test this morning. I developed a really good power ball for exercising and, uh, but it had to, you know, we had to take it out and it had to be able to be heat resistant. Cause I had to carry it in my pocket of my biking shirt and, you know, like all <laughs> kinds of factors so I that this morning, but it's, it's a lot of trial and error, science, 
creativity, and patience. Do people get nervous when you go to their homes for dinner parties that Carolyn Cohn's coming? The food has to be perfect. And it's so crazy because I love being invited. It means I don't have to cook. I just order a pizza. (laughs) And a good bottle of wine and and we're good to go. All I need is a good bottle of wine, by the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love to leave the listeners with a great recipe. And I recently saw you talking about barbecued chicken thighs with Greek spices. Can you walk us through that recipe or tell us where we can go? For sure. Okay. It's not on my website. So let's just do it by, by heart here. Okay. So it's a quarter cup, equal parts, lemon and olive oil. Okay. And then, so let's say a quarter cup, quarter cup. Then we have a teaspoon of paprika, a teaspoon of turmeric powder, and about a teaspoon of dried oregano. And about a tablespoon of kosher salt, mm, which I, yum. if you have one second, I got to talk to you about table, kosher <laughs> salt in a minute. And then, um, and three cloves of garlic minced. Mm. And you make the marinade in a Ziploc bag, and then you drop your thighs or breasts in there and you marinate them. But one little tip on that. If you're going to use chicken breasts, um, marinate the chicken breasts in that whole mixture, but leave the lemon juice out. And then about an hour before you're going to grill it, bring the chicken to room temperature and add the lemon juice to it. Yes, the acid. Yeah, I heard you say that on the air. Now, that's very, very, that's a great yeah. tip. That, and it's the best Greek chicken ever. Tell us about kosher salt and, and what's great okay. about it. Yeah, let's do a two-seconder on salt. So there's three kinds of salt. There's table salt, kosher salt, and sea salt. They are not interchangeable because of their weights, okay? So if you were to weigh a teaspoon of of sea salt or a teaspoon of table salt, it's going to weigh six grams. If you were to weigh a teaspoon of kosher salt, it's only going to weigh three grams. And the reason why is because the flake is so much bigger. So when I say a tablespoon of kosher salt, it's actually equivalent to a teaspoon and a half of sea salt or table salt because the density of the flake of the salt is that much smaller and is that much the density will be tighter packed because the grain is so much smaller and that's the scientist in you like i would never figure that out so that's very cool that you can do that what is bliss for carolyn Cohn? oh swimming in the lake oh riding my bike skiing and I'm very sporty. So like anything where I could get out in the in the open air, I don't like to exercise indoors. So like running, walking, swimming, skiing, that kind of stuff. Winter, spring, summer, fall. <laughs> That's so great. And now you can eat whatever you want because you're an athlete. Now I get it. No, 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 <laughs> That's no. why you look so good. I struggle every day. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh, Lord. Isn't it the truth? Carolyn, what is the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media? Great. So Instagram for sure, direct message. It's uh, delicious dish cooking. They, or you could email delicious dish cooking school at gmail.com or um, on my website, which is deliciousdish.ca. And there's an email link and you can sign up for the weekly newsletter. It comes out every Monday at 6.45 a.m. except for the summer. And um, great info, fun talk on the website too. And just in terms of cooking classes, how can people sign up for your cooking school? Is it typically a one standalone session or is it, you know, six, a six to eight week program? How does it work? Yeah. So it's always one standalone, no commitment. Okay. So you don't really have to think about it. The classes are not very expensive. They're virtuals. I've made them very affordable, like going to the gym. So they're, they range from 20 to $30. 
And, um, and then you get a whole lesson, you get the recipes, the zoom recording, if you want it and, um, and an hour to an hour and a half lesson, and you could communicate during, and we make dinner together. Um, and you find the calendar on the website, you just sign up, click pay, use your credit card and we have a good time. That's so fantastic. Really, really fun and really exciting. And I can't believe it took us a hundred episodes to talk about food, but I'm so glad it was with you. And I want to was with me. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I want to thank you so much, Carolyn, for being on Finding Your Bliss today. Thank you so much for having me, Judy. It was great to be here. So great to have you. We're going to go on a short commercial break more with Finding Your Bliss when we come back, back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7, and this is our 100th episode. I'm joined now by 17-year-old, uber-talented singer-songwriter Ethan Young, who you'll remember as the winner of CTV's hit TV show, The Launch, which debuted in Canada in early 2018. Ethan was chosen as top 30 out of 10,000-plus applicants in Canada to be featured on the Notable Show, and he is the youngest artist ever to be launched. Born in Toronto, Ethan's love for performance and songwriting began at a very young age. While attending different art schools, Ethan was performing for sold-out audiences all across Ontario. He was featured on three mini pop kid albums that were sold in retail stores internationally. And Ethan regularly performs for charitable events, including Three to Be, Covenant House, Children's Wish Foundation, and Jacob's Ladder. Ethan is currently working in studio and preparing to release new original music. That's so exciting. Ethan, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you for having me. So great to have you here. So just to let the audience know, because you and I know this, I've had the privilege of watching you, Ethan, perform since you were very young and also seeing you almost every Sunday on Jake's Sunday Zoom Jam with the wonderful Ellen Schwartz. And I know you've had a long relationship with Jacob and with Ellen, and you were part of that wonderful video, I Rise Above, that you made for Jacob. Can you tell us about your longtime friendship with Jacob and your involvement with Jake's Jam, which really you've been doing since you were a little kid? Yeah, so I think I met Ellen Schwartz and Jacob when I was about nine or ten, I think, maybe even that young. And... um she asked me to come over and sing for Jacob. And the first time I sang for Jacob, he just lit up and was so happy. And since then, I always came. And then once he passed, we started, as you know, um, Jake's Jam, like the Sunday, the virtual one. And that's honestly been such an amazing community. And I, I, I 
I'm so happy going every single Sunday. It's it's amazing. I agree. It's it's like the highlight of our week, you know, and it's uh it's been an incredible thing during COVID, and I'll talk to you about that soon. But uh, I also wanted to ask you, Ethan, you were a mini pop kid, and I've always noticed whatever you sing is gorgeous. Like any genre, any anything that comes out of you is beautiful, no matter what the song. What was that experience like being a mini pop kid? And how do you think it sort of helped you launch your career? Well, yeah, definitely. I like I, I think I was also nine when I joined mini pop kids. So this was kind of my first professional experience in the music industry. So I got to do so much. I was working in studio. I was touring around Canada. And um, I definitely would not be anywhere that I am now without that experience. It was for sure a, a big, big learning experience. and. Um, I also got to form such a great bond with like my band members or whatever you want to call them, like my friends. And um, yeah, so I'm super grateful for that experience. That's so amazing. So you were one of the people who were launched. uh, When we speak of the launch, you landed one of the coolest gigs ever when you were selected to be featured on that hit TV show, The Launch, and really to be the youngest artist ever to be launched. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like? And what was your favorite part of doing that show? That experience was so amazing, like really crazy, a whole whirlwind. Um, (laughs) I was just so thankful that I got to get advice from these industry moguls like Alessia Cara, Boy George, Stefan Macchio. And that definitely was just my favorite part working with them. But um, I kind of came in not having much exposure in like media and like interviews, but I did come in with, from Mini Pockets, I did come in with some experience with performance and studio. So my favorite part was definitely like working in studio with Alessia Cara and Stefan Macchio. It was it was a lot of fun. So like I, I get the shivers just when you say those <laughs> names. I can't even imagine what that must have been like for you to be in the room with them doing what you love and doing it so well. Like, wow. Yeah, I definitely was super nervous, though. And they also surprised me with Alessia Cara. I had no clue that she was coming and she came and it was wow. I was just so <laughs> mind blown. It was crazy. So cool. We also love Michelle Newman on this show. She's been a guest on the program, and I know she's been your vocal coach for many years. What is it like to work with that angel who also has the most wonderful voice? Yes, I love Michelle. I've been working with Michelle for the longest time ever since I was super young. Um, We have such a close bond. She's literally like one of my best friends as well as my vocal coach. Um, I haven't been able to see her actually in a really long time since of covid but um, we're getting together super soon. And um, yeah, I miss her. Oh, that's going to be so great. Maybe one time you'll come on and you'll sing with her. That'd be, I would love that. I'd love that. For <laughs> sure. actually, I just had that idea. That'd be amazing. Music is really a full-time gig and so much work goes into it. How have you been able to juggle school and your music career and life? Well, my whole life I've been going to different art schools. So Really, the schooling has been like the main part. My teachers and they were all very supportive because they understood. Um, so I, it wasn't that hard, actually, to be honest, struggling that because I had so much support on my family end and on my schooling end. So it was pretty good. But now, now that I'm in high school, it is a little harder. Um, I still go to an arts high school, but there's just so much more work. So right now, yeah, it is a little hard to juggle, but I do what I I do what I can do. And yeah, it's fine. 
Are your future goals, Ethan, really to be the pop, like you're a pop star and you're a, you're, you know, you're an artist, you're a recording artist and a singer songwriter. Do you have any interest in musical theater or is it really more of being a recording artist and that sort of thing? I, I dabbled on musical theater. I was in Legally Blonde. Um, I did it in this musical theater company in Oakville one time. I like, I love, I love seeing like musicals, but I don't think it's really for me. You're, you're the you're the guy that's going to be on the radio. Well, you're on the radio today, <laughs> so <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot a lot more of this. You have some new original music coming up this year. Can you tell us a little bit about it and give us a little sneak peek? Or, uh, I can't say a lot, but like I've been writing for years now, and I just all I can say is that it's going to be really really good stuff. It's it's really true to me, and I wrote most of it, and there's some co-written songs and I don't know, me and my team put a lot of effort into the songs that we're looking to release and I'm super excited and it should be out by the end of the year. When it comes out, so, you promise to come back and we'll play some tracks I, from I, the album. And I think you promise. I <laughs> love promise. that. Love that. I do, I do it back to you. Um, I want to tell our audience that you are all in for a real treat today as Ethan will be singing two songs on the show. The first one is a clip from Ethan's cover of the beautiful song, Issues Hold On by Tiana Taylor. Ethan, can you tell us what attracted you to this song and what inspired you to want to cover it? Um, I honestly just love, love, love Tiana Taylor's work. Um, her voice is so nice. She has like amazing tone and depth. So that's like one part I really love. And I think she's an amazing writer too. I'm pretty sure she wrote that song solely herself. I might be wrong. I don't credit me on that, but I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know. She's just a really like cool, independent woman. And like, I don't know. I just love her vibe. So oh, I think that's so why great. I picked that song. Well, we love your vibe, and here is uh, Ethan Young singing uh, a clip from Issues. Hold on. Let's all have a listen. Due to international copyright law, podcasts are unable to include music. Music can only be played on the live radio broadcast. Finding Your Bliss airs every Saturday at 1 p.m. If you'd like to hear this artist's music, you can find the link to our Finding Your Bliss SoundCloud in the episode description. Wow. Oh my God, Ethan, you're so fantastic. That was gorgeous. That Thank was you. Absolutely beautiful. Your voice Thank is actually you. incredible. It's always been incredible, but wow. Oh my God. <laughs> you also are singing us a song that I think is so related to this show. It's called Love and it's by Keisha Cole. Can you tell us about what you love about the song Love? It's just such a classic, like early 2000s hit. Um, that's literally the sole reason why I love that song. It's just very catchy and it's love. Who can't, who doesn't love love? <laughs> <laughs> we all love love. Yeah. I love this, by the way. <laughs> I love hearing you sing. <laughs> all right. Let's have a listen to Ethan singing Love by Keisha Cole. Let's roll that clip. Wow. Oh my God, Ethan, that was beautiful. Thank your you. Tone, your tone, there's something in your tone that, oh, is so yummy. It's so delicious. <laughs> it's and, so sweet. Oh, I just love your voice. Congratulations on all of this exciting stuff. We're so excited to hear about what's coming up soon. Um, so there's a question that we ask all of our artists and all of our guests. And I think I know part of the answer already. And that is, what is bliss for Ethan Young? My bliss obviously music for sure like 100 percent. but um also just i think 
meeting people through my art and being able to like interact and forming different communities like Jake's Jam and I don't know, just all around. Just I think that's the best part about being a musician is getting to meet so many different people who do different things. And yeah, I think that's my bliss for sure. That's so. I'm so glad that we got to connect in this way today and that I got to hear your music and all of uh, our audience is getting to hear this beautiful music. What is the best way for people to follow you on social media and um, and connect with you and, and hear your beautiful music? Um, yeah, so I have Instagram, I have Twitter. So my Instagram is Ethan Young, but the O in Young is a zero. And my Twitter is Ethan Young Music. And my website is currently down right now, sadly, but it will be back up soon. But it is going to be EthanYoungMusic.com. Awesome. We are so going to look out for that. And we are so honored to have had you on this show today and uh, keep making this beautiful music. We can't wait to hear more. It's just, uh, you really are a person that brings bliss to so many people. So thank you. Thank you so much, Judy. Thank you for being here. We're going to go on a short commercial break, more with Finding Your Bliss, with some questions from our listeners when we come back. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And as many of you know, I'm a life coach. And earlier in the week, we asked you on Instagram at The Bliss Minute if you had any life coaching questions for me. And so today, we thought we would try something new, and we asked you to send in your life coaching questions. And one of them was from Chantal, and here was her question. I'm interested in learning some steps or ideas on improving self-esteem. What can one do to help with that? Thank you. So first of all, Chantal, thank you for writing in and for writing to us. And thanks for the great question. So self-esteem is really your overall opinion of yourself. And when you have high self-esteem, you generally feel good about yourself and see yourself in a very positive and glowing light, deserving of good things and of the love and respect of others. And alternatively, when you suffer from low self-esteem, you don't trust your own opinions and ideas. You tend to second-guess the decisions that you make, and you really just don't believe as much in yourself as you should. So how do we improve this? Well, first of all, be kind to yourself. That is the first step in improving self-esteem. And start identifying all of the positive things that you do like and love about yourself. And whatever you do, don't compare yourself to others. You are a unique and special individual and there is no one with your own 
very unique set of special skills and talents and capabilities. So don't get into the compare and contrast game. Instead, just work on creating the best version of you. So again, how do we do this? Well, learn to become more assertive. Learn to say no when you know you've reached your limit and it's not feeling good anymore. Don't be a people pleaser. Learn to be good and kind to yourself first and the rest will follow. And know your value. You've got it. Own it. Improve your physical health wherever possible so that you naturally feel good about yourself. A daily walk is something I highly recommend. And trust that you have all the answers you need already right inside of you. Don't be afraid to fall. You can always get up again. I always say fall down seven times, get up the eighth. And remember, nobody is perfect. We all make mistakes. So do what makes you happy and start to celebrate the small stuff. I always say, just begin with baby steps, like writing down three things you did really well that day that you're proud of. And just remind yourself of those three things, whether it's verbally or just silently to yourself or writing it down in a little journal. Surround yourself with supportive people who build you up and treat yourself like you would treat a very close best friend. Whenever you want to be critical of yourself and undermine yourself, be supportive and loving instead and learn how to silence your inner critic. It's not your friend. Learn how to become your own best friend as that famous book used to, that was the title of a very famous book. More on that next time. I also love the inner critic exercise that I do with clients on how to tame your gremlin. Often your inner critic says things that aren't kind and tries to trip you up. So what does your inner critic or your self-saboteur say to you? Coming soon in an upcoming episode, I will share a powerful exercise with you on how to tame and really silence your inner critic so that you can soar and fly as you were meant to. Write to us if you would like to come on the show and do a live coaching on the air and watch your inner critic vanish and disappear. You can write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. Each week, we spotlight a singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you're a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. And if you're an author, artist, writer, or anyone who has found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. You can also check us out on findingyourbliss.com. And of course, you can check us out at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. In Bliss News, we're so excited to announce a fantastic giveaway courtesy of Bow Laboratory. This Canadian skincare line is led by molecular biologists and biochemists who spent years creating formulas backed by science, technology, and clean ingredients, resulting in powerful products that customers have taken to calling nature in bottles. We are giving away the ND Myons Luminous. C set, which is valued at $124. So after all these sunny summer days, many of us may be noticing some of the not so great effects of a season of fun in the sun from blemishes to sunspots. Your skin has different ways of telling you when it needs a little extra TLC. Formulated with 11 different types of vitamin C and all types of great vitamins, nutrients, and serums that regenerate, nourish, and hydrate your skin, this miracle in a bottle is the perfect addition to your post-summer skincare routine where each ingredient plays a special role in improving the health and appearance of your skin and reducing pigmentation and spots caused by sun damage. 
This phenomenal giveaway valued at $124 is really the beauty secret you've been looking for, and it will just make your skin glow with luminosity. To enter, all you have to do is go to at the Bliss Minute on Instagram for all of the contest details. The giveaway runs until Wednesday, August 18th at 6 p.m. And the summer is the perfect time to gift a friend or a relative or yourself with a pretty bliss bracelet made with eight genuine Zorowski crystals and 14 karat gold filled beads. The bracelet also comes with a secret card that helps you find and follow your bliss. And the bracelet was made by Canadian jewelry designer Beth Godfrey. To order yours for a friend or for yourself, just go to findingyourbliss.com slash shop. I would like to thank my guests, Carolyn Tanner-Cohn and Ethan Young for being on the show today. Thank you to Mag Ruffman, producer Siobhan Kiley, senior editor Haley Allegia, and our wonderful new intern, Lauren Kaminsky. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center, and everyone here at Zoomer. This show has been recorded by Squadcast. We're going to close out the show today with a short meditation from the guided meditation site. And this is a meditation for peace, tranquility, and healing. Sit back comfortably or lie down with your eyes gently closed. And let's all begin by becoming aware of the breath, feeling the breath as it enters into your body with a cool feeling, and then warming as it gently travels down into the lungs, filling the lungs with a nice deep inhale now bringing in energy, vitality, and prana, the life force. And as you exhale, feel the body releasing all the toxins, stress, and any negativity that has accumulated. Stay with this breath, focusing on the feeling of deep peace for two inhalations and exhalations. Let's all do it together. Inhaling one, exhaling one, inhaling two, exhaling two, feeling your connection to divine energy and light and knowing that all is one. Stay with this deep, relaxing, peaceful feeling of bliss. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrack, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.